0: Your guarantee. I want my money back. I want my money back. No guarantee on the market.
1: Just so you're aware, you're an idiot because Pro Football Focus said consensus fantasy rankings in a PPR league Christian McCaffrey,
0: number one. Yeah, those people are stupid. Those people should hire me so they have someone on their staff that actually knows what they're talking about. I don't know, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I might have to keep him. Christian I don't know. McCaffrey should be a second round. Early third round pick because he is a project.
1: Do you want to list in order two through 10? Or do you want me to just list them for you and you can give me too high, too low? Uh, Let's do that. Uh, Number two,
0: Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Number two, too too low. He should be the number one running back in the league. It's crazy that they uh, have him at number two.
1: In a PPR. PPR consensus fantasy ranking so this is every player Uh, Cooper Cup at number three
0: Cooper Cup at number three sounds about good I think uh he should be the number one number three guy off the board for sure uh
1: and number four you have Jettas Justin Jefferson
0: Yeah, Jetta should be number two off the board, off of every single board. Justin Jefferson is in a passing offense, new coach, new swag. Jess is going to compete for the Triple Crown this year. Damn.
1: This is an interesting
0: one. Number five, Austin Eckler. See, that's another interesting project pick. But Austin Eckler is is a very solid running back. They're going to get him the ball in the red zone. Big power back, or not even a big power back. He's like a medium-sized power back, pretty much a bowling ball that could get himself three, four yards every rip. That sounds about right. Uh, number six, you have Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Uh, this is where you know what? No, yeah, Jamar Chase should definitely be at uh up that level. Obviously, he showed that he was gonna have or he had an amazing rookie season. And Joe Burrow is definitely going to get to keep getting him the ball. So absolutely. That one was a little bit of
1: an interesting one, just because he's seen as such a deep threat that in a PPR league, I don't know that necessarily he should be higher than in a, a standard scoring league. Number seven, by the way, the only team according to pro football focus, again, pro football focus, not money back guarantee focus, uh, with two players on the list number 7 dalvin cook
0: yeah dalvin cook should definitely be at that spot um so he would be at like number 6 cuz i'm not putting christian on the list yet so yeah dalvin cook is going to you want to put christian hit.
1: mccaffrey ahead of dalvin cook
0: no absolutely i not. feel like
1: their injury histories are pretty similar
0: nah no dalvin is more of a shoulder he'll go in and play with it again he's not afraid to come back when christian mccaffrey goes down for a what is expected to be a minor injury, he's out for multiple games. So, no, I would not put them in the same category. Dalvin Cook should definitely be up there. Dalvin is going to be a guy that needs to catch out the backfield more, and he has good hands, so definitely should be up there.
1: I don't know. Again, devil's advocate here. You could be right, but I feel like a lot of that necessarily isn't on Christian McCaffrey. A lot of it is like, okay, well, we've got to beat the Bucks and the Saints and the Rams to make it into the playoffs where like out by four games, do we really want to play Christian McCaffrey right now coming back from a hamstring? Nah, let's just let him sit for next year. I do feel like a decent portion of this is not his decision. So I'm going to push back a little bit on the Christian McCaffrey is a bitch, but
0: Beautiful.
1: we'll, we'll agree to this. Disc- I think that's really high for Dalvin cook considering Below Dalvin Cook at number eight, you have Derrick Henry.
0: Uh, Yeah, Derrick Henry is going to be in a different spot this year where he did have that injury late in the year where obviously we feel like he was able to come back. He performed pretty decent in the playoffs, not the Derrick Henry that we are used to. But yeah, Derrick Henry should not be. Slept on it all. We know exactly what we're going to get out of Derrick Henry every single time. Start slow, pick up real hot, and be able to run people over in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Derrick Henry should still be top 10. I would almost say top five sometimes. Granted, PPR League is a little crazy to put him up that high. But still, you're looking at this offense that is now going to lean on Derrick Henry a lot more. Absolutely. Derrick Henry should be up there.
1: And number nine, Stefan Diggs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Stefan Diggs is going to have another great year. Josh Allen is going to give him the ball. Stephon Diggs is a great route runner, and that's another year under the belt with Josh. So, yeah, he's going to have a wonderful year. Way better year than Christian McCaffrey.
1: And a PPR league. What? Number 10, Najee, Najee Harris.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Najee Harris showed that he – can do it all he could catch out the backfield he could drop his shoulder he could run the ball hella aggressive yeah absolutely Najee Harris should be up there he's gonna get huge yards this year
1: so you have this list all correct except for Christian McCaffrey at number one who would your number 10 be then
0: um hmm. my number 10 you know I would put Alvin Kamara up there number 10 I think This offense is really going to run through him catching out the backfield, able to facilitate what he does from getting the ball, running down the field and running in between the tackles. Something Alvin Kamara can do that Christian can't. So, yeah, I I would put Alvin Kamara up there for sure. Another guy that I would put in front of him, Debo Samuels. He's a gadget guy that's going to get the ball in all different ways. And Debo is going to have a great year as well. Yeah, man, I there's there's a few other receivers that I would put in front of him before you know Devontae Adams, definitely before Christian McCaffrey. And then yeah, this is the area where you throw Christian McCaffrey in because if he finds a way to stay healthy with his new and improved offense that now that you have Baker starting, he could be a great running back. He could be a great fantasy player, but too much in the air for me. Where are you?
1: Where are you mock drafting Christian McCaffrey? Say, say um, you are drafting like whatever an entire roster, you're just going full mad and you're mock drafting. Where is Christian McCaffrey coming off the boards for you?
0: Uh, mid second, early third.
1: So he is your what running back?
0: I would put him at RB, like what 15 20, yeah, yeah, about 15 20, yeah, that, yeah, no, more like that. Oh, no, yeah, you got it right, about 12 to 15, 15 to 20 range around there. Yeah, that's interesting. That man, I, I I don't know what I'm doing with fantasy, but I I think this might
1: be the last year I keep Christian McCaffrey, and if he plays really well, oh man, I might I might try to swap him for swap <laughs> him for somebody, swap him for a a Brees Hall or something.
0: Hey, honestly, man, if you could find a way to move Christian McCaffrey this year, that would probably be your best bet. Week one, week two, let them perform pretty well under Baker. You're, you're going to be like, yeah, no, definitely a keeper. No. Sell high, sell high, sell high.
1: Uh, it is week three training camp.
0: preseason Season oh,
1: yeah. week three. It's kind of the last, uh, the last, uh, last bit of unimportant football, but we got roster cuts. We've got some important moves. You just alluded to one of the major ones. Uh and you can rank this. I don't know. Is this a surprise? I feel like it's not really a surprise. Baker Mayfield, starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, was there, was there ever a chance it wasn't going to be Baker?
0: Um, no, I don't think so. I think that Carolina just had to play it like this because they brought in Sam and gave him the extension, paid him his money, and they had a real quarterback. They didn't know what Baker can really do. They seen Baker hurt. They seen Baker struggle at times. And at the end of the day, Baker came in, showed that he could do way better than Sam Arnold. So Sam Darnold. And I think he's gonna be uh he's gonna be great. Bitch, over there. Sam Arnold. God damn bitch. Uh, can't wait till he's out of the NFL so I can stop fucking up his name.
1: Uh Baker Mayfield has officially only played one series in preseason as the Carolina quarterback, Sam Darnold played, I believe, three, and that was enough for that for Matt Rule to go. Baker's my guy.
0: I mean, Sam, yeah, Darnold,
1: I... Sam Darnold, done or finished. That's got to be the career, right?
0: Yeah, that's about it, man. That's how you wrap it up. I would say Sam could end up in Buffalo behind Josh and try to, or go to Green Bay or not Green Bay, Uh, the New York Giants, try to find Brian Dabo. He's supposed to be a quarterback wizard. So see if he can make it happen for Sam. Other than that, though, man, it's over. Baker can stay healthy, stay strong, play the whole season, compete. Carolina will make the playoff, not make the playoffs. They'll still draft a quarterback and work their way up from there. But I think Baker's going to have a pretty good season to the point where they offer him an extension, approve it deal, He gets it done, and Baker can survive in Carolina. He definitely can. Uh, And I think they'll be in a great position because they give Baker some proven money, not a contract that the rest of these quarterbacks are getting. Build the defense, put some weapons around them. Tom's leaving soon. That division could be theirs.
1: I I don't hate it. I mean, but admittedly, I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. So uh, I don't hate it. Uh, Other injury news Bucks are out a guard. Aaron Stinney, torn ACL, MCL, out for the season. Uh, he was competing for that starting left guard spot. Uh, not an ideal situation for the Buccaneers. Angel, does this temper some of your expectations for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year? Slash, really... Do you think J.C. Tretter is on a plane right now to Tampa?
0: He should be. He should be. Honestly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only have to deal with this problem, the offensive line. It's a big problem to have. You know, you need a really good offensive line to compete against these defensive line that are truly stacked. But you have a great defense that has good depth. Uh, you have a good receiving group. You have a okay running back group. You're not going to have to look for any other pieces but offensive linemen. And – Honestly, if you're a free agent and they say, "Hey, you want to come play for the Bucks?", it's kind of a no brainer if they have the money for it, you know.
1: And Tom's back, so I'm sure he's now that he's back, he's making phone calls.
0: And yeah, absolutely. With this much time left before the season start, I feel like the guaranteed money for a free agent to come in and perform it goes down. It goes down. Like you need to call the Bucks yourself and go, "Hey, man, I see you're having problems." Like if JC, if the Bucks haven't called JC jc should be calling the bucks but hey you have a problem let's get this deal done let's get a ring on my hand call it a great season if they can make it that far i mean you know tom man Tom, if anybody get the ball out of his hand really fast and tom has played behind horrible offensive lines he has weapons around him so he could get the ball to me uh
1: keeping it in the uh nfc south michael thomas out with a hamstring tweak is Michael Thomas going to go full Arian Foster? Soft, tissue, really... soft tissue injuries, man, are a killer. And th- those are the kind of injuries that, I don't know, like, if, if you don't, they're tougher to recover from because they're soft tissue. And once, it seems like for a lot of guys, I mean, could McCaffrey's got like one more year to prove he's not one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, once you start getting soft tissue injuries, they just seem to keep coming until, sorry, Arian, you're you're out of the league.
0: You know, this could be definitely something that, hey, you felt a little something, you lost them all last year, we're not going to pull them out into these preseason games or make them practice these two-a-days or these extensive drills. If they haven't given you a timetable yet, I think he'll be just fine for week one. If he gets a timetable of he's out for three to six weeks, you know, two to four weeks, he's going to miss game one. Yeah, now we're on that road of Chris Olave has got to be the boss down there because...
1: I I mean, quite frankly, I think Chris Olave has got to be the boss down there anyways. Uh,
0: Yeah, but but Michael Thomas is... Your senior receiver that showed that he could be the man when he's healthy. I mean, he has the receiving record for a reason. He could get the ball and do wonders with the ball once he gets it. And he has sure hands. But can he stay healthy? That's the big problem. Jameis Winston is supposed to be throwing this ball. He's going to be competing for comeback player of the year. So I think you'll see a crazy ass season out of Winston. And that needs. Michael Thomas to be healthy and ready to go. This offense is good, man. They just need to perform I mean, and be on the field. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, right so far that's been easier said than done, though.
0: Yeah. And they're still pending on Alvin Kamara's suspension, but I don't think that will be anything they have to deal with this year. So I
1: mean, who knows? After Deshaun, he might he might be getting in nine, 10 games. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. The only thing with that was he got pushed first. So, I mean, self-defense, you know?
1: Yeah, but if somebody was in Vegas watching him put a parlay in, he's in, he's fucking screwed.
0: Oh, man. they Calvin should be calling the NFL big time. Be like, dude, what are you doing? What are we doing? Can I get 11 games? Let me just get 11. Uh,
1: Kellen Mond, absolutely trash, question mark. Mike Zimmer, uh, I've seen enough Kellen Mond. <laughs> Is Mike Zimmer right about quarterbacks?
0: Yes and no. Maybe. I don't, I wouldn't really, I don't know, man. Look at the. looking at this roster of quarterbacks, they got Kirk Cousins, right? And he is Kirk Cousins. There's no one kind of like him. And you have Sean Mannion, or yeah, you have Sean Mannion on the roster. And he did not look good at all this preseason. He looked completely trash. Even Kellen Munn, when he was in, He had some sparks of hope. So I think that this move to get Nick Mullins in the building just brings a little more mobility at the quarterback position if Kurt is out and someone that's a little more accurate than Kellen Munn at this point. So yeah, bringing in Nick Mullins for a 2024 seventh round pick is perfect because if Kurt goes out, I think Nick has shown that he can come in and be a Band-Aid and get get some wins. And with the offense like this, yeah, man, pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I co-backup quarterbacks was always a bad idea. Sean Mannion, I mean, respect the bag, always. He might be a candidate for finesse of the week. (laughs) Just the the legacy version of finesse of the week. Because, man, what a career, having really never done anything other than what? He was a backup to Jared Goff for one year when they went to the Super Bowl, right? That was it? That was it. I mean, good for him, but uh, I've never seen it. Kellen Mond looked like trash. Mike Zimmer knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to Vikings quarterbacks, and uh, yeah, I mean, conditional seventh isn't bad. He wasn't going anywhere in Vegas. No, I mean, honestly, the only the only thing they could have done better is they could have gotten a, a former Patriots, former Patriots backup quarterback because. They're all balling out right now. Got <laughs> Danny Danny Etling in Green Bay showing out. Jacoby Brissett lighting it up. Jimmy G, high valuable free agent. We'll see what happens. Honestly, that would have been the move. Vikings should have made a move on Jimmy G. I just don't think they can afford it.
0: No. Why, not? why pay that price tag for a backup? I don't think so. Kirk got hurt. Sure. But. I mean, they're just Kurt, fine. Maybe Kurt should get hurt, is what I'm saying. No, no, I think Kurt's gonna have uh pretty much show that he could do it type of year. Um, Kevin O'Connell is absolutely in love with the guy, so obviously he has a offense schemed up for him, ready to rock for him. So yeah, bro.
1: And Mike McDaniel says Tua throws the best ball he's ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Zimmer- you know,
0: you know he's high. You know he's huh? in Miami getting high as fuck.
1: Bro, Mike Zimmer's the only coach in the NFL who's ever been honest about a quarterback and he's at Jackson State right now.
0: God. Oh man. I'm glad they got Nick in. He's gonna, he's gonna be able to help if something happens to Kurt. Maybe help Kellen Munn, you know, perform better. You need that pressure that, hey, I might not be getting dressed on Sundays.
1: Uh in other news, your boy, six for seven in the preseason. Live bet on the show under 38, Bears Seahawks hit it just there or under 38 and a half. So Uh, close. And if it wasn't for Carson Wentz being the absolute turd I've said he's been on this show, uh, it would have been a clean sweep. Went two for three on the weekend. Patriots was my lock of the week. Absolute no brainer. No Baker, no Darnold, no problem. The Patriots just are more well-prepared and just better than every other team when they want to be. Uh, we pulled out an absolute nail-biter at plus 125 with uh, Seattle. And, man, live by Sam Howell, die by, dive by Sam Howell. I was a believer. I was ready for it. There was a bad pick six to end the game. Uh, Shout out the complete ineptitude of the Washington commanders for not being able to get it closer when they were seemingly when they scored, they were just able to do it. And then like, well, let's run the ball three times. Idiots, (laughs) idiots, idiots. (laughs) Matt Corral dead to me, Liz Frank injury out for the year. Uh, Bet against the Panthers is is the name of the game because Matt Corral is terrible.
0: Uh, but yeah, we're up units in the preseason, Angel. Up units. Shout out to my Chiefs. You know, I kind of told them that, hey, man, betting against Chiefs is always going to be tough. You know, Patrick's going to go play go play the first half, and he did. Threw the ball nineteen times, two touchdowns to Jordy Fordson, which is pretty awesome. We've seen a little Fortson last year. And now he's getting two touchdowns in preseason. He's going to be another big weapon. Shout out to the Chiefs, man. Shout out to Patrick. Getting it done. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> had exactly what I wanted. I had 14-7
1: going into halftime. Yeah, you and, did. Bro, they just need to open up the playbook. Uh, Also, uh, Kyler Murray, worst play caller ever.
0: Yeah, thank God that he's a quarterback. He has to listen. He has to listen to his head coach. And I think this proved it. He's like, go ahead, do it. Go ahead, try it. Try to call these plays. See how easy it is for you. Oh, it's not easy. Okay. So stop yelling in your helmet saying you don't want to run that play because I know what I'm talking about.
1: I I just would love, of all the years for the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals did the first like all or nothing, like in season hard knocks. Mm -hmm. Cliff Kingsbury is, wait, are they on it this year?
0: They are. They are on it this year. The Cardinals are are
1: back. Oh, that's what what it was. Because, bro, have you caught up on Hard Knocks?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much caught up, yeah.
1: Maybe my favorite part of Hard Knocks wasn't Hard Knocks. It was just Cliff Kingsbury looking like he's aged 10 years in just a room. (laughs) White walls, nothing around him, not a picture, not anything, just watching film. Just yep. watch him. Talk. I need Kyler to say anything about the play calling for Cliff Kingsbury to just pull up the tape and
0: go, boy. <laughs> uh, all this drama before the Cardinals end season hard knocks is wonderful because it just it's guarantees that I'm going to be tapping in just to see if they show any glimpse of Cliff and Kyler just yelling in that room. Of like, are you watching this? No, there's not anyone on the left. That's your Call of Duty call-out. <laughs> the safety's over the top, Kyler. Jesus.
1: I I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. What, what a move by the NFL.
0: It's great. Absolutely great. The, uh, they should force this on the Patriots. They should. Just force it on them.
1: I don't know what the rules... I think now you get extra draft picks, don't you?
0: Patriots need it. Maybe they could draft a offensive coordinator.
1: I don't know. It's very interesting. I would I'm <laughs> very interested to see what the final what the final thing is because like I feel like the team has more control over hard knocks than you think.
0: Oh, 100 percent Like
1: I could see, I could see them like forcing it on the Patriots, and it's literally worse than the Dallas Cowboys one.
0: It's just 45 minutes of drunk shots.
1: Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Or Bill Belichick will actually like get a pellet gun. and just start shooting at the cameraman inside of his office.
0: It's going to be great. Bill's in there just talking day to day shit. Just like, yeah, no, make sure the players got this and that. All right. Thank you for the meeting. Like, Bill, you having any of the meetings today? No, not today. You know, we're not here tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's meeting day. Sorry. <laughs> just making it super hard security checking them for like an hour and a half at the door <laughs> this is a private this is max facility man you can't know you're gonna protect this place
1: yeah yeah what, what can i do sorry you, you didn't get make it through the metal detector
0: <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna have the Patriots walk this HBO crew with the top security guy, and he's just explaining the security for the Patriots. <laughs> he's eighty years old. Talk about yeah. No, we set up the hot dogs over there. They only go over there. Let me tell you why. So back in nineteen forty, <laughs> the Patriots are playing. What aren't the Patriots playing like Germany this year, or is that the Bucks? I think it's the Patriots, right? No, no, it's the Germany. It's uh, the Bucks.
1: The Bucks. majors are playing in they play an overseas game though right
0: i don't think so i don't think so
1: Uh, i could see belichick like straight up like going to a game against the jets yep we're flying to new york hbo you're on this plane plane ends up in like zimbabwe (laughs)
0: like what are you doing here like no, hell no! HBO is gonna—he's gonna put them on a special Patriots plane that just won't take off. Like, sorry, we're having technical difficulties, guys. We're gonna get back to you guys shortly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys have a layover in London for the uh, for the New York game.
0: Does Dana White have the biggest balls in the world? Oh, to, that was what to, I was gonna bring up bro. <laughs> to speak on uh, NFL news live in the
1: middle of a UFC event. First off, like. Was that a pay-per-view broadcast? Yep. Yep. Like, you pay the same amount as for a UFC fight, but you bought a no, 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 Bronx fight, a pillow fight?
0: It's like uh, you order it, like, half off on, like, ESPN+. Plus. That's what it was. They Got show it. the fight in, like, a small little corner, and they have all these random people come in because Eli and Peyton has just ruined sports.
1: Bro, this is, like, <laughs> they've been doing it for, like, the national champion game. I'm overcasts. Like, Barstool does, like, gambling cave live streams. I don't – why would I want to watch other people watch the game? Like, do you not have friends? <laughs> like, just text your friends,
0: bro. Bro, that those streams, those – they get views, man. They get major views. Like, the uh, MLB one, I think that's probably the best one. They have A-Rod up there. They have David Ortiz. And, like, every inning they're talking to some player on the field, which – perfect they have the perfect game to do that you can't give tom a mic during the game fuck no like golf baseball
1: are the only ones i can see it even remotely being interesting and like yeah i just i don't even know why you'd want it for the ufc other than like in between fights but just like go to the people in between the fights it's still bullshit that you get a pay-per-view for the ufc and you still have to watch commercials it's kind of dumb
0: but whatever
1: but Is there anybody on John Gruden's side anymore?
0: No, absolutely not. He can't even get a TV deal. Urban Meyer is going back to uh, Fox to cover college football. John Gruden can't get a job fucking anywhere. (laughs) We, We know
1: the answer now. They're sticking with that fucking guy was Derek fucking Carr.
0: Derek Carr. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen, finally. We thought it was Jimmy. We thought it was Tua. We finally got it. Even Tom Brady knows Derek Carr ain't shit. And what I honestly, low key, my first thought about this, I feel like Tom got a
1: lot of shit for getting out of the AFC. Like, ah, he wants NFC softer. NFC is not as good. Nah, bro. He wanted all the smoke.
0: All he said, let me see Patrick smoke. twice a year. Oh my god, you know how <laughs> magical that would be? Every single one of their games would either be on Thursday or Monday, prime time, every single time Tom would come into this division and always have to go in as a wild card team. That would fucking suck as for his reputation. To go somewhere else and can't win the division, oh that'd be awful, Bro, man. And you have you would have had Hunter
1: Renbro looking like Edelman in no time. Waller and Gronk looking like Prime Hernandez and Gronk without the murder, but it's Vegas the way things are going, maybe a little
0: bit of murder. We'll and was that pre- <laughs> and that was before uh Rugs, right? For Rugs and AB was on roster, so you would have had an extra year and change with AB and Tom throwing the ball if. A.B. would have kept the shit together. That would have been a gnarly. I don't know. I I think Tom would have got there at the perfect time. Like, right when the crazy started for A.B. Yo, 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 yo. Time out. You see what happened in New England. You talk about some rub and tug with Robert Kraft. Let's not do that shit here, all right? Let's chill out. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Tom would
1: fucking blow dart Floyd Mayweather to keep him away from (laughs) A.B.
0: The money team. Take Tom this. Brady. Oh, that would have been sick. Mayweather two <laughs> A Mayweather, uh, Tom Brady uh collab. That would have been sick. That would have been sick in Las Vegas. Oh man. God damn it, Gruden. You ruined so much with those goddamn emails.
1: <laughs> Tom Brady, Tom Brady, a thousand percent would have worn a
0: fur coat. Bro, come on now. Every fucking home game like it's not 110 degrees out there. <laughs> bro, it would have been like no, Floyd Mayweather Floyd Mayweather would be walking in the tunnel with Tom, like they're walking into a fight, bro. <laughs> Just walking together. The whole money team, 7 foot 6 security guards, all of them walking with Tom. It would have been great. <laughs> and Dana White would have been the
1: only person allowed in the fucking
0: building. Oh, 100%. Dana COVID. White
1: yeah, yeah. Dana White, only one allowed in the building during COVID. He would have just had all the boxes, would have just been UFC. Tom would have been at every fight night.
0: It would have been perfect, man. Tom would have been having the best. I don't think he signs that uh, TV deal if he was in Las Vegas. No way. He would have so many other ventures he have to go do. TV, no time for TV. He has to show to Floyd's 88th exhibition against who fucking cares.
1: Gronk in Vegas, that would have been a fucking nightmare.
0: No, God, no. He would have a what you call it, a residency at some fucking casino, just throwing raves <laughs> on Wednesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> Come to the Gronk party featuring Tom. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine just like if
1: the first, like what, the second year in Vegas, Tom <laughs> goes and gets him a
0: ring? Like, Vegas didn't have to be any more buzzing and now you have the championship team there. Yeah.
1: Tom gets would have Mark been Davis. Tom gets Mark Davis to get a haircut.
0: <laughs> Mark Davis is rocking the Tom Brady gear, oh uh, Tom Brady hair with the gear on. Oh yeah. But nice. Vegas would have been losing their ass though. Oh, they'd be losing their ass if Tom was in Vegas. There'd be so many people the machines would have to spit out money at one point
1: if I know enough about Vegas, like I think I do, like we're talking, that would have been a super spreader epicenter. Like they would have voted and done whatever they had to, to get fans at that stadium. Dana White lobbying Congress with Trump.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Vegas would have been the best place to be in this whole world. And they say it all the time, but that would have been a factual statement if Tom was in there.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, and just to break that, like, I, I hope he let John Gruden know that it was happening. Like, Hey, your mentions are about to suck for a while.
0: <laughs> the fact that he said it was a done deal, like all the way done concrete proof, all he had to do was sign the dotted line. God. bro. I, and I love the Bucks. I'm a Tom guy. I,
1: I'm not buying a Tom Bucks jersey just because I wasn't sure how long it was he was gonna be there, bro. You bet your ass I would have brought a bought a black and silver Brady jersey. That shit would have been
0: flames. You wouldn't even get your hands on one until maybe this year, bro. That would have been it. Would have been sold out immediately. That would have been, yeah. Like, do you think if Tom Brady actually went to the Las Vegas Raiders? it was the best thing that that whole franchise in its entirety has ever done in the history. And I mean, they have incredible history. I mean, it would have been up there. I mean, outside of like what drafting Marcus Allen, probably <laughs> drafting Marcus and then signing Tom Brady.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe third, like drafting Marcus Allen hiring John Madden
0: trading for Tom Brady. God, God damn it, Gruden. And our ass would have been driving to flying to Vegas this year to see that. Twice a year. Not Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> We'd we'll be in Kansas City and then we'll be in Vegas, you know, we'll fucking call it good. Oh, Vegas would have been so much better. No lizards and mosquitoes as big as pterodactyls. What can you do? What can you do? Okay. Time for We're Back. Our Random Sports Roundup. Yes, sir. We're back with some great stories coming out of all sports. Let's start off with the amazing 278 UFC fight card. It was great. Absolutely great. Um, Although, unfortunately, wasn't able to get the job done. Um, Rockhold retired after probably one of the most weirdest, disgusting fights I've ever seen. Did you, did you see any clips of that shit? Oh, yes, I saw. I saw plenty of clips of uh, of Luke Rockhold doing his best carry impression. Oh, my God. That shit was just... Dis- first off, the fight was pretty much over with, like, two minutes left in the first. Rockhold had no gas. Costa came out, and he was... He looked like he still had it, but still, you could tell that he's been out the ring for a while, and he was tired. The rest of the fight was... Pretty fucking boring all the way to the end. But at the end, crazy, bro. Rockhold is bleeding on the top of his eye and the bottom of his eye. And he smears that all over Pablo Costa's face. It was probably the most disgusting thing I've seen at UFC. And it ended out right because at the end of the fight, Luke Rockhold lost the fight and he retired, saying that he's just too old and can't do this shit no more which I totally get, man. Luke Rockhold didn't fight for three years, and he comes back trying to see if he still has it, put him against a pretty good comp, and just doesn't have it anymore. So, congratulations, Luke. You're the third UFC fighter to retire this year, right off into the sunset, man. But this UFC event, main card, was fucking crazy. Usman versus Leon Edwards. It was pretty much kind of how... I expected it to play out. I did text Jay and said, I got a good feeling about Leon Edwards. Thank you, Angel. You're welcome. I, that was a nail biter, man. I definitely had that bet lost for 24 minutes and 57 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was pretty much. I can't put it into words, man. Still to this moment, man, it was insane. You know, Usman did his thing on the ground. Leon Edwards showed a great, great ground game, took down Usman for the first time in the first round in his whole career. I expected Leon Edwards to be more of a kickboxer this time, but it looks like they focused on the wrestling because of the last fight. But right now, one kick is all you need. All you need, Leon Edwards fakes a right jab, Usman moves out the way into a massive head kick, completely puts Usman on his back, and completely knocks him the fuck out. No punches after that. Leon Edwards, first-born Jamaican fighter to get it done. Leon Edwards is on an 11-game straight winning streak. Shout-out to Leon Edwards, man. I mean, never giving up, staying in the fight, Staying, I mean, his coaches are screaming at him the whole time in the corner. Usually when you see that, these guys are just don't have it anymore. Leon Edwards show that he had that fight. Crazy knockout. The Nigerian nightmare gets put to sleep. And he didn't look very
1: into the fight. Very it looked like a very off night for Leon Edwards before he pulled off that kick. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think I mean obviously next fight is Usman. Edwards three right they got to
0: do the trilogy right off the bat or do you think you make Usman fight to earn it no I definitely think you give Leon Edwards another or you give Usman another shot at Leon Edwards let him get a chance to get his belt back and I hope that Leon Edwards kind of like realizes hey I need to throw my hands and be good on the ground all at the same time he focused too much on (laughs) the ground game but I think yeah, it's going to be great. Start off in January with that uh, Usman-Edwards 3 fight. Be perfect. Perfect for the UFC. Crazy, man. Two champions that we just didn't see losing losing this year. UFC is the most unpredictable sport. It really is who has the bigger dog in them at the end, at the end of the fight. And would you put UFC as the fourth major sport in the United States? The UFC? Yeah. So football, basketball, baseball, UFC. I don't know, man. Uh, To casual fans, no, I don't really think so. I think they got a lot of work to do. I mean, when you have headlines like this and the fight ends up being the kick that's heard around the world, you pull in some fans, especially with a card that didn't have too much pop in it. It gave you enough to carry you to 279 where you could have a uh, wonderful card that doesn't have too many fighters on it, but, but another but you're wonderful a fight card. head
1: dude. But you're like into this shit. I'm talking yeah. like casual fans. Like if you ask somebody who's like really into hockey, they're like, "Oh, hockey's more popular than baseball." Like, mm, that's true. you know, you got to look at it that way. I think, like the fact that you have so many, so many good. You have pro fight league. You've got Bellator. You've got Bare Knuckle Fight Club, you've got so many good organizations that are sticking around. They're not going like XFL, AFL, and like one year and done. I think that bodes well for the future of MMA as a whole, but as, in terms of overall popularity, as long as half of the good cards are on pay-per-view, I don't think you'll ever take that number four spot. I think until you can find a way to like get enough money from one of these companies to not have to charge me $60 to watch, I, I think you're not going to get casual fans, especially when inflation's at like a 9%. Yeah. No, I can see your point there. but That's been I hockey's think- major thing. Yeah. Hockey's major thing has been we need to get on TV. That's why it was so massive that the uh, the Stanley Cup finals were all on non-cable television for the first time ever. The UFC needs to do more of that. Like that it, do you remember it was a huge deal when they were able to play that Cub Swanson Korean zombie card on like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like I think eyeballs are what you need, and you don't get eyeballs by saving your best cards for $60 lockup pay-per-view.
0: I think maybe in two years you'll see the UFC drop a really good card and put it on ABC and try to get their money off of use. And I think that will elevate them. But right now, the UFC is just missing maybe like two or three more big names. They're they're trying to build their big name group. And you have Conor. You got Bones Jones that haven't fought in years or in a couple years. (coughs) And you're trying to build all these other guys around. And you're kind of getting there. You just need to put a three championship belt fight on an ABC night. Where you're not competing the, against anything and
1: can't do it, I, I think I think you're going to struggle to do that for the, the, for the one reason that Dana White has been very staunch and very grounded in the fact that he doesn't want to pay fighters more than twenty percent of the UFC's revenue. The way he gets these fighters, then these big names, these Bones Jones, these McGregors, is you offer them a percentage of the pay per view. You get the buys, you get the money. Big name fighters do not want to be on ABC because they can't get buys. Unless you're going to bonus them out based on views, but then that's coming out of the UFC's pocket, not ABC's. You're not going to go to ABC, negotiate putting a card on their television and be like, "Okay, but every million views you have to give each fighter an extra half million dollars." That's Maybe. where it gets that's where it becomes a headache. And that's where like that's that's honestly because I love the way Dana White does business. I think it's very smart for someone who wants to develop a sport as opposed to develop a company mm-hmm. and develop fighters, especially, you know, it's the the give and take you Dana White makes these people too popular. And then suddenly, like you're building up a fighter who's just going to be out of your price range. It's the Patriots method. You build up a fighter, they're going to be worth more than you want to pay them. And then they go bring that value somewhere else. The difference is they're not bringing actual monetary value when they leave for the Philadelphia Eagles. They will actually bring monetary evaluation value to pro fight league, bare knuckle knuckle fight club, those sorts of things. So, I mean, it's definitely a complicated situation. Either way, great car. Great call by you on the plus 270. And the UFC has some really good cards coming up. So I know we're getting into football season, but especially what is it,
0: 282? Or was this 282? This was uh, 278. So we're moving into 279. 280 is 282 is going to be that,
1: that massive card, right? That's the one Bones Jones is talking about.
0: Yeah, that's the one that's going to be in uh, November.
1: That's gonna be that could be the big one. Generally, there's a really nice December card, but that man, that November card's looking sick right now.
0: Yeah, um, even UFC 280. Not to sleep on 279 because that has a really good fight with Kazmat versus Nate Diaz, which is Nate Diaz's last fight of the year or last fight of his contract. So that could be a big headline if Nate can find a way to win that fight. But that card right there doesn't have too many guys on there, but UFC 280 is a huge card after that they're going to follow up 281 with another major card so they're they're slowly working their way to finishing off this last quarter with getting major major pay-per-view buys for sure
1: yeah and Dana White says you're an idiot if you don't think Nate Diaz can win
0: Angel are you an idiot no I definitely think Nate Diaz can win this fight Nate Diaz had Leon Edwards up against the ropes at the end of the fifth round. Like Nate Diaz has real big pop in his hands and the way he fights, he tries to get into the fighter's head, throw them off, put them in a different zone that they would be in. And then he strikes great on the ground, great hands. Sleeping on Nate Diaz is a huge mistake. Huge mistake. I understand Kazmat hasn't lost a fight and he comes from that Khabib camp of Maulers, but. Nate Diaz, he's been in the he's been in the league for almost 20 years, man. This is what he does. So if you think that Nate is gonna come in here and lay down, you're absolutely out of your fucking mind. So when Nate Diaz finally wins this fight, he's gonna be looking at a top name, a top name to fight. Careful that he uh, if this Usman and Edwards thing doesn't turn out in Usman's way, you might see a Nate Usman fight.
1: Just because it's Nate Diaz's last fight in our contract. I really wish Dana White would have offered, like, a 10-round fight. (laughs) Because he's the one who says if every fight was 100 rounds, Nate Diaz would be undefeated.
0: Oh, 100%. But I think that Nate and Dana, if Nate can find find a way to win this fight, they'll figure out their differences because Nate still has a lot in the tank. He can do this, man. And if you put them on any card that doesn't have a big name on it, you're going to bring that attention because these Nate Diaz or these Diaz brothers bring people to the stands. Look, they just put this one fight on this card and not a lot of fights under it because Nate is all you need to bring in big numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, I will be picking Nate Diaz over Kazmat 279. The odds are probably insane right now, but take them now. Take him right now because I definitely feel like Nate Diaz has something to prove.
1: Honestly, the odds are the reason I would take it. I think you're going to get crazy odds, and Nate Diaz has a puncher's chance.
0: Yeah. And I don't think, I think if he smells blood in the water this fight, like he did in Leon Edwards, he's not going to showboat. He's going to try to get the job done. And he could tap you out. Nate's great, man. Be careful. He could fuck up someone's whole career. All right. Moving on to the NBA, got a couple of stories at the NBA. The Memphis Grizzlies are trying to work on a trade for Kevin Durant. Do you think Ja, KD, and Jared Jackson get the job done in Memphis if they can find a way to work this deal out?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, man, they have a great team. Like, they have a young up-and-coming team. They have an issue like Golden State to me where it's like, okay, how much of your future are you ready to mortgage to – To try to win like right now, because with KD, I think that definitely makes them again, assuming KD shows up is healthy and wants to play. Apparently Kyrie, the biggest caveat between him turning down a new deal was they had a games played stipulation and Kyrie doesn't want to be told how many games he has to play. Like, yeah, like what are we what are we doing as a sport if that's your issue? KD seems to be the one who, at the very least, has always really wanted to play. So, I I mean, I am hoping and I would hope that uh, KD would be a little bit more agreeable to actually participating in the process. Uh, Memphis wouldn't bend over backwards. He'd actually have to play for a coach again like he hasn't done since Golden State. Yep.
0: So, all things considered – is probably one of the better coaches out there so you have that respect to you memphis he he needs to go in there and like hey man you're a player on this team that can put up 40 any night just be that guy because you got guys around you that are hungry i think in gold in brooklyn there was a big ass just everything was outside of basketball Harden going out Doing his thing, Kyrie taking his time off. Durant didn't have guys around him that were stable to playing basketball. And if he goes to Memphis, he's definitely going to have that.
1: But those are the guys he picked.
0: So fuck you. I mean, yeah, those are the guys he picked. Obviously, it doesn't work out when you pick your own guys, LeBron. So going to Memphis with guys that he is willing to join not put together, is going to be a better move for Kevin Durant in his future. But then again, Kevin Durant does whatever the fuck he wants. So it really depends on what Kevin Durant really wants to do.
1: I mean, my issue with that would be I think John Morant is the closest thing we've seen lately to a Russell Westbrook, uh, which everybody thought was going to be a really good idea. It ended up they, they never won anything together. No, it, it, it frustrated Kevin Durant that he had to, he wasn't responsible for pulling the trigger, which he won't be responsible with John Morant. You're not going to take John Morant's touches. In fact, if anything, you're going to be getting the OBJ treatment from his fucking usher lookalike dad trying to get that spotlight. No. Uh, so I, I mean. For me, the Memphis Grizzlies with their team right now, they have a chance to make the playoffs every year for the next ten years, assuming Josh stays healthy. And arguably, maybe even if he fucking doesn't, that's how that's how good they are, and that's how good they were without him. You and I, trade for Kevin Durant, depending on what it takes, if it's still gonna take uh a potential all-star and two players who two starters, I mean That's taking out a significant portion of your depth if you're Memphis, considering you already lost a couple players to free agency. So do you want to trade the next 10 years to have a better chance the next three? I don't know. I don't know what the price is for Kevin Durant right now.
0: Like you said, man, this team can make it to the playoffs for the next 10 years, but can they win the whole thing? I don't think so. So adding a Kevin Durant and winning two in the next five is almost worth it. Because at that point, you can draft. They've been really good at drafting. You could draft guys. Once Durant moves on, Ja's more of a vet. You're bringing a guy to replace him. But Durant's young. He can still play for another three, four, five, six years. So why not bring him in, show him a winning pedigree in Memphis, get deep in the playoffs your first year, maybe almost win the whole thing. I mean it's kind of all up in, all in the air right now in the NBA. So you make this move, it could be very successful.
1: Assume it takes 3 players to get Durant and Ja Morant isn't one of them. What are the odds that you would put on a Golden or a Memphis Grizzlies team with Ja and KD to win the whole thing? Preseason futures odds.
0: Plus a thousand, I think. Plus a thousand is fair.
1: What are they right now? Do you think? What would you put them without him? Because I think right now they're probably like plus fourteen hundred, plus sixteen hundred.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, I feel like plus fourteen hundred is good. Add Durant, plus a thousand. I don't think you move into plus nine hundred or anything like that.
1: I mean, that's that's kind of my main thing. Is yeah, you maybe get better, but I don't know if you get. Discernibly better when it comes to odds to win a championship. You know, because here's the thing it's not like, it's not like uh, what when Jordan took three years off to play baseball. Like the West is still very fucking good. Phoenix didn't lose anybody. Chris Paul's getting a little bit older, but they didn't lose anybody. They did the dumbest fucking move with DeAndre Ayton to save $2 million. But they're the same team. The Timberwolves got better. They paid a lot, but they got better. Golden State is basically the same team. They lost, what, Gary Payton Jr., and I think that's it right now.
0: And Autosporter Jr., and there's one more guy.
1: So they lost role players.
0: But, yep. I mean,
1: assuming that they have a proper exit strategy for Draymond Green, they're in really good shape. The Lakers – maybe are going to be better. The Clippers are definitely going to be better. Absolutely. I mean, it's not like you moved over to the East. Like, the East, I still think it's Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and then, like, Philly, and then, like, healthy Brooklyn, maybe in that order. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the top eight in the NBA is just really strong. And if you're Memphis – I don't know if Durant at this point for what it's going to cost to get Durant puts you into that top, top eight. I still think they'd be like team nine or 10.
0: Kind of. I think Kevin Durant adds a lot to that Memphis team. If he goes, if they can find a way to do it and not get bent over for it, they could be a championship team right away. We will see.
1: Again, I'm very interested to see what the cost is for some of these players right now. So, cause like Jimmy, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, or, yeah, no, not Russell, James Harden, like, Kyrie, what are the actual costs if you want these players? Because I don't think any of them are truly locked down. Meanwhile, you got Oladipo playing next year for $9
0: million. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, this def- this NBA is still wide open. I think they just need to move these guys so they can just get it over with. Or both of them need to come out and say, hey, we're committed to the Nets and we're going to play.
1: At the same time, like, I I think if, if you can have KD come in, pick his coach, pick his teammates, pick everything, dip after one year, and then blow the whole thing up, player empowerment is going too far, and that's bad for the NBA.
0: Adam Silver wants to make it a uh... – Fifty-fifty. 50. So here it is.
1: Yeah. I, again, I just, I think it's too much too, 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 too much. I, I don't. Yeah. I just, I don't think that is a good move for the NBA to set that precedent. Cause again, you literally blew up multiple teams to make this happen. Like no one's, no one's caping up for their markets. Like, right. and in, now you're going to get nothing out of it. you, had people, everybody calling the race card on Steve Nash, his coaching career might be over before it started unless he can pull something together right now. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I don't think it's, I think it's a little bit too much. I think at some point you need to be able to be like, no, you literally got every single thing you wanted. You've got to stick with it for at least half your fucking contract.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, the NBA doesn't always really like that. Player first. Not even the fans. All right. It's time for Picks of the Week. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Get money? Why, why get money?
1: Why, why get the Money Back get Guaranteed market? Picks of the Week. actually guaranteed the gamble response boy are uh are is preseason game three are they doing starters playing most of it or starters playing none
0: of it playing absolutely none of it you will see full kellen month baby
1: let's fucking go because i got a plus 1113 parlay
0: (laughs) this is going to be interesting
1: Preseason, week three, I am going to end the preseason at 90%. I'm going to go nine for 10 because that's what I'm doing. I'm hot. Angel, what if I just didn't lose money this football season? What if I just see the board so clearly that I just pay for our Tampa trip in cash with all my winnings? Could it happen? Maybe. Here's how it starts. Here's how it's starting. I am taking the Tennessee Titans at home over the Arizona Cardinals minus 170. Why am I doing that? Kyler Murray's play calling. Dude's fucking terrible. (laughs) I think he's going to call a lot of plays. I think they might give him a full game, and the Titans are just going to whoop that ass.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Uh, I also think you'll get a good amount of uh, backup. Backup. Malik Willis, and I think that'll be good for Tennessee. I like that. I am taking the Dallas Cowboys at home over the Seattle Seahawks. Do you see their kick returner, bro? Absolutely, electric. I think crazy. they're gonna. I think he might put on a show again. I would love to see some end around, see some different screens. Let's see. I hope they play him. I hope they don't make him wait. Uh, save him for the regular season because I would imagine he's made the fucking team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we're talking depth. Seattle Seahawks at quarterback do not have it. I am I am going all in Dallas Cowboys. Plus 135 Dallas Cowboys. Oh, shit. And then 22's a charm. I'm addicted to betting on Sam Howell.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, I am again. taking...
1: The Washington Commanders, plus 225 to beat the Baltimore Ravens and end the streak.
0: Whoa, wait a minute. Let's go. That is way, way major news right there, bro. Wait a minute. You think it's over?
1: Parlay those together, and it is plus 1100 and... Uh thirty well, what I said, plus eleven hundred and thirty-four, something like that. Yeah, you put a yep. dollar on it, you win thirteen bucks or eleven thirty-four. There you go. I'm putting more than that. I'm putting ten units on that. Oof. I'm hooked. I'm addicted. That- and I got I got some UFC money burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> All
0: right. Sorry. Before I get to my picks, I gotta Taylor Fade J real quick. Taylor Fade. You're throwing money on Sam How? How if he starts a regular season game?
1: We'll see what happens. He if he beats the streak, bro. If he beats the streak, you kidding me?
0: <laughs> He's gonna put his house on it.
1: <laughs> I mean, plus two twenty five, or yeah, yeah, plus two twenty five. Yeah, they're the Ravens are even worse odds the other direction. They're minus
0: 275. Would you, if he wins this for you, would you consider him your third favorite quarterback in the NFL? I mean, Angel, he is officially on my
1: watch list. And (laughs) every time we talk about how bad the commanders are, I will put the blame 100%. Like Antonio Gibson could fumble 18 times in one game and lose 17 of them. And I would still blame the loss on Sam, on Carson Wentz, because
0: <laughs> Sam Jesus. Howell would hand it off better. Oh, yep, that would be it. <laughs> All right, for my picks of the week, I have uh, a little bit of baseball, and yeah, I'm gonna have to tell uh, Jay on these preseason picks because if he's hot, I got to find a way to get hot before Week One. So on Wednesday, I am going baseball. I'm gonna take the Twins over Houston. I think the Twins are going to find a way to beat up on this Houston team while they're in Houston. Um, I mentioned that the Mets and Yankees are going at it. So I'm going to take the Mets minus one and a half over the Yankees. That's plus 105. I think the Mets with the pitching, they're going to do their thing. On Thursday, I have Chiefs and Packers over 36. Yes, they're going to score some points with their backup guys. I'm going to take the Minnesota Twins over Houston again. Like I said, I think the Twins are going to be pretty hot going into this Houston series. I'm going to take the Houston Texans over the 49ers on Thursday. And on Friday, I'm going to take the over in the Bills-Panthers game. That is 42. And the Patriots-Raiders over 37. If I see an over-under in the 30s, I just have to take it. These teams can't be that bad. They could put up points, damn it. Said
1: that before. And I believe I was the only one who won money that night.
0: I was, if oh, fucking preseason football is so stupid. The over clear is just fine if they just don't go for it and just let their kicking team get some practice reps in. I would be just fine. I, I would be sitting here calling Jay a dummy for calling that under. But here I am talking about some what if, what if, what if. There's a reason absolutely
1: no sharps ever gamble in the preseason, and I'm balls deep in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, next year I'm just not going to do this preseason shit. (laughs) I think I just, like, fell into the wave. Like, dude, Jay's doing it. I got to I got to figure it out, right? I can't help it, dude. You're a
1: baseball guy. It's not my fault you can't find a good baseball game to bet on. I lose all my baseball bets, so I just stop.
0: Hey, you know, I like baseball, but it's completely fucked me this summer. So we're just going to take a break on that. I got some preseason picks, my final baseball picks until the postseason. And then, you know, Premier Soccer is coming up. So I'll have some Premier Soccer picks for you later this week.
1: It's here, baby. Let's go. I'm
0: excited.
1: Say it, Angel. Say it,
0: man. Money back guarantee season two is here. Let's ride,
1: MVP, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Everything you need to bet coming after the last preseason game, we'll get it to you by the end of the week. But Angel said it, let's ride, (laughs)
0: let's ride. Make sure you're following us on IG. We're at money underscore back underscore podcast, and we are on Twitter at money We'll post all our picks on there. Tell us, fade us. Doesn't matter if you're not betting Jays parlay. You're out of your fucking mind. This dude is red hot in the preseason and he didn't pick against the Chiefs. So obviously all these picks are going to be good. Make sure you bet them. Please bet responsibly. Money back guarantee does have a asterisk at the end. Let's go. (laughs) See you later this week, y'all.